This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And back with Rocky Fleming, our founder of Influencers. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. And we are uh, continuing on our 13-part podcast series going through the 13 Kingdom Secrets and Compelled by Grace, which was a book that Rocky wrote. uh, It was, I don't know, three or four books in, but you went back and kind of followed up to Journey to the Inner mm-hmm. Chamber to, to to continue the story of yeah. of Gabe and what happened before the storyteller met him. And yeah, I think I wrote, wrote this in 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually it was, it's a continuing, continuing to expose um, more influence in, that Gabe had in people's lives mm-hmm. and in different ways. Uh, and and to ultimately look at the man that caused that what causes a man to become that kind of man, mm-hmm. and 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 of course that's what we see about a person who learns to walk with Christ, because there's a Gabe in all of us as Christians that's wanting to get out, mm-hmm. and so the the question is well what needs to be done to get him to the surface in our life, yeah, and um, and in when that happens then there's a great impact on our world around us. And we study that man, he lives in a valley. And uh, and that it, that's his world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's funny because when God uh, anoints a person and favors a person, then the world will be the path to that person's door. Mm. And even though he might be obscure or off the beaten path, somehow or another, God gets them there. Uh, but in his world there, it was a rural valley, very productive valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, farmers and uh, close knit. Everybody's close knit except around him, mm-hmm. and that's uh, another part of the story. But uh, the uh, at the same time, what we see here is that uh, he is uh, put in a position to make a powerful impact on mm-hmm. that family. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I wrote that because I feel like that when a man walks with Christ and a woman walks with Christ, there is a a powerful impact that happens in the valleys that we live in mm. and the people of the valleys that we live in are impacted as well. Mm. So it's meant to be a story that uh, transfers truth, but also engages us to um, ask the question, can that be true with me? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you this isn't a book that we require or expect guys to read in the journey, guys and gals to read in the journey, but yet it all supports the journey mm-hmm. and what the journey is all about. It supports abiding in Christ yeah. and builds on yeah. things you learn in the journey. You know, so. we, we haven't marketed it. Uh, a lot of people didn't even know it was there. Yeah, that's right. And uh, and um, it's interesting. The people who have gone, read the book and gone through the, the accompanying study have said that this one of the, the ones they enjoy the most. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, uh, and there are a lot of different stories in there. And, and it's one of my favorite books to have written because the Lord reveals to me a lot of different characters and their needs and their, their ways and, mm-hmm. uh, and truths. And it's always that way with me. When I write a book, it's because he's teaching me. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, this week's secret that we're going to discuss, the kingdom secret is the secret of saturation prayer. And, uh, let me go ahead and, uh, 
I'm going to read a, a scripture and then a couple things that were in the workbook here. Um, the one of the scriptures you chose is talking about the armor of God because mm-hmm. prayer. We have to understand prayer is a uh, part of our weaponry, integral part. Yeah, a very big part of our weaponry as a as a Christian for the battles we're just inevitably going to face. But um, Ephesians six talks about. In all in Ephesians six eighteen it starts starts in sixteen. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this is the key: praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication another reference to prayer for all the saints. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, you you put the definition of the secret of saturation prayer. It says the awesome power of prayer in all spiritual confrontations with the world, the flesh or the devil. One of great, the greatest spiritual weapons for facing this great conflict is prayer. At the top of our prayer arsenal is saturation prayer, whereby consistent, ongoing, expectant prayer is given for the purpose of preparing for God's great work to be wel- welcomed by the people. Never neglect this strategic use of prayer before launching into a great spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's talk about that. Um, You in the book, Gabe is teaching uh, a young pastor who's wanting to learn some things from Gabe. And like Gabe taught the storyteller in the the first book. And and he's teaching him about this principle of saturation prayer. Mm -hmm. And he equates it to World War II. And why don't you explain that a little bit? Well, we can even go back to the Ephesian passage there where Paul's talking about the shield of faith and sword. Uh-huh. And sure. He's talking about defensive uh, aspects and he's talking about offensive. Uh, and I think sometimes the we think uh, as Christians that uh, we just need to kind of hang in there with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all about, you know, me getting in my holy huddle or my church and and we get in a safe condition, and, and that's where I, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But that, that's not that's not the calling that God's given us. Jesus said, go make disciples. And so we are to be advancing the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. We are to advance the gospel, and another way to say it, we are to take holy ground. And that would be lives, uh, to show people the gospel, to show people Jesus Christ by the way we live. It's not about just getting in a soul-safe condition and going to heaven. It's about being part of God's rescue plan. Yeah. All right. So if you were to think of in World War II, uh, there was a rescue plan, and that was to set uh, Europe free Mm -hmm. from the tyranny of Nazism. Right. And they had set up great uh, embattlements on the French coast to prevent the invasion. And, and as we know, the Allies did invade Europe, and, and they did get through it. But it was a terrible price to get through it. It was a great battle there on the coastlands. Mm. And, uh, and uh, so what happened then, as well as happened in most every uh, battle that people engage it with, is that they try to saturate the area with uh, bombs, with some kind of arsenal that will reduce the resistance. And that's what happened in World War II. Kind of an aerial aerial attack, and they just bomb a Aerial whole area. and ships. I mean, they, oh, ships they, they, had, uh, uh, they just blowing everything up uh, on the way. Mm-hmm. It happened in, uh, in uh, Japan, uh, in the islands over there, in the Pacific. 
It's happened. That's what happened. I mean, you look at it in, in Desert Storm, I mean, mm-hmm. before they ever walked in there. I mean, they just saturated with bombs, right? Yeah. And people, uh, after they got through, people <laughs> climbed out of their shelters with their hands up and white flags saying, you could have stopped a long time ago. We were ready to give up. Yeah. Because they lost their will. Mm. Now, why am I sharing this? Because we we forget that we are uh, we are in battle here. Uh, we live in a hostile land, and we have we live with a purpose. And our purpose is to set captives free. Yeah. Right. So one of the great weapons that we have is prayer, mm. and saturation prayer is more or less like saturation bombing. It prepares the way. Mm. And in this particular situation in the book, and I'll, I'll tell that part of the story, is that uh, Pastor Nate, who is basically the shepherd of the valley, mm-hmm. he, had the, he was the pastor of the only church in the, in the valley, was highly discouraged by the people and their cold hearts. Uh, they just were going through the motions with Christianity. They'd show up, go to church, they'd say a few songs, but they had no interest in other people or even themselves at that point. Uh, they were in a drought. The drought was really uh, challenging them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so uh, Nate wanted to find out who this great person was that was supplying all of this food. Mm. Uh, and it turned out to be Gabe. Yeah. And uh, he was basically the breadbasket for the community. Mm. They didn't know it was coming from him. But when the pastor found out it was Gabe, he wanted to know his secret. And that's when he got to know the man Gabe and the and Christ who Gabe walks with. Mm-hmm. He came to understand what really what it really means to have an intimate relationship with Christ. And he found that that is the strength uh, and the favor that God gave Gabe in this time. And uh, and so he's inquiring with Gabe, how can I wake these people up? I mean, they they're stale. They're they're you know they're they're going through the motions. They don't really have any relationship with Christ. They go to church, but you know, there's nothing here, nothing there for them. No, no spirit. And Gabe basically says that this is going to require saturation prayer. Mm-hmm. And then he started teaching him what does that mean. And then Gabe gave him the story. He said, "I served in World War II, and but and, and before we invaded into Europe." There was massive bombings, that saturation bombing. And he says, and the kind of prayer that we need to give this valley right now is saturation prayer. Mm. And in that particular case, it did prepare the way for some great things that would happen in the valley that mm-hmm. we will find out later. Mm-hmm. Prayer goes before the, uh, the, the battles. Oftentimes we wait till we're in the battle. Sometimes we wait till it uh, seems like it's hopeless. But if we will enter into prayer before we ever engage in issues in our in people's lives that we're concerned about, as an example, I can tell you right now that I have uh, a very, very close uh, person in my life that is very troubled, mm-hmm. and we are beginning to saturate uh, him with our prayers mm-hmm. and, and a saturation prayer oftentimes will bring about some difficult situations in a person's life. 
so that they can understand how they're resisting the blessings that God wants to bring them. Mm. So don't be surprised if you start praying saturation prayers over a child or a family member or a friend uh, that you're really concerned about their soul and their heart. Don't be surprised that they might have some difficulties that comes into their life that makes them turn toward the Lord. Mm. And that's what the, that's what uh, Gabe was telling the pastor. Yeah, we yeah, you're opening yourself up to God, whatever you want here. Yeah, yeah when you start praying a lot. Yeah. Well, um, I was trying. I was just thinking. Yeah, you know, what does it look like practically? I was thinking what. You know, when, when somebody and I, and I don't think it's just a battle. I think even in this ministry we've talked about before we do anything, before we plan a, a retreat or we pour it forward, any initiative that we're doing, we want to cover it in prayer. We, we want to we don't want it, anything to be our ideas. We want to, we want to have the God ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the God strategies for this ministry and all that. So I think we've been really committed to that, you know, and every Tuesday morning praying or we have a global prayer team and all that. But but. uh what do you think it looks like? I guess, is it an individual thing or is it a community thing? I guess maybe I'd say that. Well, let's address all these things. And let's just talk about uh, our board. Uh-huh. Let's talk about a general board or even an elder board. Yeah. It is very, very, very common for uh, a board to do their planning and then ask God to, to bless it. Yeah, in a Christian organization or yeah. church or something. Yeah. In other words, they'll do their planning and then they will begin to ask God, would you bless this plan? Yeah. And that's the only time that prayer really comes in. Mm-hmm. But what we believe is that we need to begin our prayer, prayer. And then in our, in our, before we ever begin our planning. Yeah. And we begin, we ask the Lord to show us the way, show us what we don't see, uh, create in us good hearts, right hearts. Uh, we're always concerned about our board's soul. We want their souls to be healthy. We believe that if they have a healthy soul and their relationship is right with Christ, then they're going to receive a lot of divine wisdom and understanding. And we do that collectively. Then we have a ministry board that is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Right. But unfortunately, most people are are trying to lead the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They do the planning. They do the strategy because it all makes logical sense. But we determined a long time ago that we don't want to build a ministry based on logical sense. We want to build a ministry based on what Christ tells us to do. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it doesn't make logical sense. It goes against the norm because, yeah. you know, people are adverse to risk. Mm-hmm. And the higher you get up in, in, as executives in, in, in business or boardrooms, all that, all that it, they, they tend toward thinking it's about the preservation of the company or even the preservation of the ministry. Mm-hmm. We're not here to preserve this ministry. Yeah, That's not it. We, we have said that all along. That's not our mission. Mm-hmm. Our mission is to be messengers and to take this out to, this out to the Lord. And if we ever fail in that, then thank you, Lord, for pulling your hand away from, from it. And I've already said I'll walk away. Yeah. Because I don't want to be a part of something he's not leading. Yeah. But you got to be vulnerable. you got to put that at risk. And so... I, I would feel highly uncomfortable to feel that I need to come in and begin the strategizing on how to, to lead a ministry or play my part in a ministry uh, and then later ask God to bless it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like I would miss a lot of the wisdom he would want me to have before I ever got that far. Yeah. So I think that this is where saturation begins. We saturate our boardroom with prayer. We saturate uh, our mission with prayer. 
uh, we ask God to bless us with showing us what we're not seeing along with what we should follow up with. That's an example right there. Now let's break it down individually. Because, uh, Brian, uh, we've already said that uh, what if Rocky saw something in Brian and I felt like that Brian needed to see something that he was not aware of. And I start praying, Brian, I mean, Lord, help Brian to see something he's not seeing. I mean, make it real difficult on him. I mean, really make it hard until there's a breakthrough here. Bombard him, Lord, or whatever he needs to do to turn that boy. Mm. That's one prayer. Mm -hmm. What about this prayer? Lord, bombard me and do whatever you need to do to me whatever you want to do to me to help me to see what I'm not seeing. Mm. That takes a lot of bravery there. To, mm -hmm. It's easy mm -hmm. to do it for other people. Yeah. But it's hard to do it for ourselves. But when we do it for ourselves, Brian, then we understand the blessing that we're asking for. We understand that it, I want idols out of my life. I want things that will take, take me out of my comfort zone, make me uncomfortable if necessary so I can see the glory of Christ. Mm. So it begins with me. If I really, really want that, then it's easy for me to ask that for Brian because mm. I'm asking a blessing on Brian. And it's the same way with whomever we're, we're praying for. If our mission is just to, God, go get them and, and get even here. <laughs> you know, teach them how wrong they are. You know, punish them. I mean, I think David said that a lot, mm. <laughs> even more bloody. But... I don't see it that way now. I think Christ gave us a different thing. I think he said, pray for your enemies, right? Yeah. Uh, love. Uh, and, and I think that this is, this is part of that understanding that, that prayer, prayer is, uh, is something akin to our own walk with Christ. Our prayers are emitted from us and come from us in him. And we began to see people as they are. So that's why I say, even with this very, very, very close person in my life that's going through a difficult time, I ask God and I'm praying for him, do whatever is necessary to help him to come to see you and to know your love for him. Do whatever's necessary. Take the things out of his life. It might be painful, and it probably will be. Mm. But in the end... I know from experience, it will always be the best thing. Mm. Well, you know, when I think of the word saturation, I think of just going overboard, you know, going overboard, you know, mm -hmm. sopping it with prayer. And, and to me, that conjures up this idea of multiple people joining in this prayer. And I was thinking about, you know, uh, well, I'm, my mind is going to when my dad was in the hospital and we weren't, we were hoping he was going to make it, you know, with COVID last year and he didn't end up making it. But, but I, if I feel like there were hundreds, if not thousands of people praying, you know, saturating, lifting it up, you know, um, maybe even people that don't, don't normally pray. Um, and then I, I'd look at other people who want to be real private and they don't want to share anything. They don't want to, because of, I don't know why there could be different reasons, but they're not inviting other people to pray. Do you think maybe they're shortchanging the process a little bit by not letting other people join in that? Or what do you think? I will. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think it's discomfort more than anything that causes them to do that, or they don't want everybody to know their junk. 
or don't want to make it about them. They don't. Oh, I don't want to put people out. Have to pray for me, or you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's that's false humility. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. You know, I my my sister used to say that she was a, a walking need for prayer. <laughs> She'll take it all she can anytime. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I. Brian, I, I remember a specific thing when I was going through some really, really uh, painful medical conditions, and I don't even remember exactly where it was, but I think it was, a, I think it might have been, uh, yeah, it was. It was in Brazil. It was in Brazil, and we had taken we had taken the uh, the journey down there, mm -hmm. and uh, Frank Lill and I went down there, and we met with. Gosh, I guess there's probably about sixty or seventy people that were potential leaders that, that we rolled out the the translation, the Portuguese translation of the journey there. And most of them had already read Journey to the Inner Chamber. And uh, so it had already begun. These people had come because they had, had begun to see, hey, this is something that's resonating in their hearts. And I was going through an extremely painful time at that time. Uh, I've had several surgeries since then that's helped it, but at that particular point, I mean, it was pretty bad. And I had men that gathered around me and, and, and asked me, would you mind if we pray for you? And I said, I'm a walking need for prayer. <laughs> I think I heard that before. I said, sure. Yeah. Would you mind if we lay hands on you? Love it. Would, we, would you mind us anointing you at all? I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And th these men gathered around me and I didn't, I don't know Portuguese, okay? But began to pray, uh, all of them prayed. But it was whispers. It was beseeching. It was with love. It was with kindness. It was with anointing. Mm -hmm. And I felt, I felt um, love. I felt cared for. I felt like I was ministered to. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and in that situation, I felt like I had saturation prayer hmm. that was being administered to me, and I was able to know it and benefit from it because I was receiving it right then. But there's other types of saturation prayer that people don't know what's going on. It's being done for them. Mm -hmm. But when you have groups of people that are gathering together for a specific cause, uh, either for for a specific person or for specific reasons, such as a church. Let's say you have a young church that's, that's starting to uh, grow or be planted and it's getting ready to be organized and they start bringing the leaders into that church. Uh, what's the best way to impact their neighborhood? Would it begin to get an organizational plan and start you know, figuring out what we need to do, knock on doors, get tracks, uh, you know, invite people in, let's have coffee with us, this, that, and the other. I mean, Marketing campaign. All the stuff that we do. Yeah, right. Or it would be better to begin saturating their neighborhoods and their communities with prayer. Right, right. Prepare the way. Get the idea? Yeah. You prepare the way. You bombard the area with prayers that make people very attentive to wanting to know this Christ yeah. that we want to represent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you've seen that through the years, right? Yeah. I mean, you've seen answers to those prayers yeah. happen. And I think we all have. Yes, we have. And it invites me to understand that I should be doing more, mm -hmm. uh, encouraging more and organizing more. And when I say organizing, I just simply say, hey, how about joining me? I'll be a part of this. 
And it's really, really interesting. We did a saturation prayer, I think, a week or two with my group that we do in Compel My Grace. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and I have a, one of the men that's had some difficulty with his wife, and he's doubting whether she even knows Christ. Mm. And uh, and there there might be that uh, doubt, reasonable doubt there too. And and he says, however, he says I've begun saturation prayer. Mm. So he's saturating his wife with prayer. Mm. And uh, and I think he got it. I think that he understood that. Okay, if she doesn't know Christ, then prepare the way, Lord. Mm. Prepare the way. So we have several of our our guys got that, and then mm. they're. I've heard them tell me several times that they're using saturation prayer. Well, um, I'm thinking about there was a great movie a few years ago called The War Room. Oh yeah, Christian movie. There you go. And uh, that's the example. Does this connect? I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, the woman set up. She took one of her closets and cleaned everything out and made it into a war room. It was a prayer room, mm -hmm. and just and put names of people up all over the place. Uh, there's a guy in our ministry out in Sacramento that um, is a prayer leader within influencers, Lonnie Gustafson. Yeah, yeah, great prayer warrior. He's got a he's got a war room. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he's got names of journey groups and and all our leaders, and he's praying for influencers all the time and people in Sacramento and anyone he comes across, they go on the wall. You know, and, and he's committed to just saturating them in prayer all the time. Well, we had our forty days of prayer here. That's right, and we had we had a war room here. That's right, we did. And on the board, uh, we still got some up there. Some don't remnants we? of it, we do. That's yeah. right, yeah. And uh, I, I just feel like it's. It, it, I guess I'm a little bit uh, questioning why does it have to be an event? Yeah. I think it needs to be less of an, of an event and more of a culture. Yeah. You know, I, as leaders in this ministry, we have tried very hard to create a culture here. We feel like it is part of our culture to pray. Uh, it's an integral part of what we do. Our planning is prayer before we plan, after we plan. Mm -hmm. how we carry it out. I mean, it's fluid. It's always prayer, prayer, prayer is part of it. Yeah. And I think a culture of prayer is very important. I think a culture and prayer in your home. I don't think it should be just special events, special times, or even just around meals. I think it should be opportunities to to pray, and but not be so formal. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think the Lord would say, you don't have to be formal, but don't be casual. Mm. You need to take it very serious, but you don't have to have liturgy here all the time. I mean, mm. how about a whisper prayer? Mm. How about a silence prayer? You know, silent prayers is very important to me. And when I say take, talk about silent prayer, I'm talking about going to him in silence and listening. Mm -hmm. and then responding. Mm -hmm. Listen and then respond. And uh, so most of the time, I think we pray that uh, we pray and we talk all the time and we never listen. And yet we're missing out on conversation. And I do believe that, that this is part of learning more about prayer. Mm -hmm. But it's a, it's, a, it's a major weapon in our arsenal and, and it pulls all the other things together. Uh, you can't have the armament of God without prayer, even the shield of faith is prayer. I mean, you hold up that shield of faith through prayer. You summon God's help through prayer. Mm -hmm. You unite together in prayer. 
you encourage one another with prayer. You sing hymns together with prayer. Yeah. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Yeah, when you read about the early church, you really get a sense that they prayed together all the time. They made, and they for any needs they had, they took care of the needs that were, you know, in front of them and all that. But it was prayer a lot all the time. You know, I find that I can pray all the time, honestly. And when I say that, it's because my prayer has grown outside of uh, just being in my lounge chair in the morning. Or being in church, or being gathering a meeting, uh, I walk through the day and I'm whispering prayer. I'm asking the Lord to show me this what I'm not seeing here. Mm-hmm. As I drive, I have a lot of thoughts that are going on. People, about people, and I pray. It's just it's just a, a real pleasant way to have conversation with the Lord throughout the day. Uh, and you're just walking with your best friends when mm-hmm. it comes down to. Mm-hmm. You never forget He's God. Yeah. But you also never forget that you're his child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it occurs to me that our lives should be saturated with prayer, yeah. you know, as, as a believer. And uh, God invites that, you know, and it's just it's just us communing with him. We did a podcast on prayer not too long ago. Mm-hmm. You talked about it. Prayer is an invitation to commune deeper with God all the time yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. Not just, yeah, not just at meal times or not just in the morning or at church. It's just all throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that uh, that covers it pretty well. But uh, I encourage people to to get the book and, and read that. Read that, and you'll enjoy that chapter that when Gabe's explaining it. Well, one thing that did happen in this, and it, it kind of bleeds into the next chapter. But uh, from that standpoint, uh, Gabe and Catherine started. His wife started meeting with uh, uh, Pastor Nate and Nelda. Uh-huh. Uh, and then later on, the elder in the church and his, his wife joined them. And so the three couples began to be a prayer team. Yeah. They began praying for the valley, saturating it. Mm. And um, and then when other things started coming together, it made sense that God had orchestrated it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And just start out with a few faithful people praying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to really get good now. The next couple <laughs> chapters. I mean, <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Well, um, and I want to remind people also about your new book that's we're now offering called yeah. "The Return," which yeah. uh, is uh, we're going to do. I'll do a whole podcast about this. We can really <laughs> unpack that for people. So people are going. I didn't know he's writing another book. Even our staff is going. What? <laughs> Probably you were just kind of quiet about it and just working behind the scenes there. Maybe they weren't interested. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't want to announce it then when it... Maybe they're saying, hey, I've read enough. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> no, it's a great story too. So uh, it's it's called The Return. It's out there on our in our store as well as Compelled by Grace and the Compelled by Grace Discussion Guide and all those things. So anyway, yeah, be sure and check out all the resources we have at Influencers.org. But anyway, you've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.